0: Magic clap. Good. Is it? Yeah. Uh, nice. Magic clap. It's a magic clap. carbs rich cousin.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, rich and uh, STD riddled cousin.
0: <laughs> yeah. Mm hmm. Uh, yes. Uh, Brothel addicted cousin in the Kyoto region. In the Kyoho region no it's in kyoto he lives in the former japanese
1: imperial capital
0: yeah i i was trying to add, do a plan words there you'll hear it on the show we were just talking earlier about how you know sometimes it's so hard to hear each other
1: because we're when we're in the oh, thick of it i actually didn't realize that you're making a brothel joke and thought that i just forgot about a pokemon region <laughs> it's okay I'm past it.
0: Let's go, let's move on to something else. Uh, you play multiverses yet? I haven't tra- I really have watched some videos, but I
1: haven't played it yet.
0: Do you even understand what's going on here, Shaggy? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, my God, what? Red team!
0: You're scared of your own shadow. You're not ready for me. Yeah, um, I'm hungry. <laughs> so there is unique interactions for every single character. Interactions? do <laughs>
1: I've heard this game's pretty fun.
0: Zoids, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. A girl is not impressed by the infamous Shaggy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, this is the this is the new Super Smash That's Bros. For...
1: Yeah, but I've oh heard down. it's like a pretty good one. Oh, by the seven. It's free, right? No friends, I think so. No I just like I do love a lot of these
0: characters. Now that I think about it, yeah. I mean, look, at, I, I wanted to see Arya Stark fight Adventure Time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, Ooh, there is something like, wrong. Arya with Stark that fights dog. Looney Tunes is very Lux's Q zone. Arya Stark fights Adventure Time is Superman. a little bit of a stretch.
0: He would look feeble next to the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> that Superman, he would look. What did he say next, to the next to the, the, next to the next to the mountain? Yeah, look feeble. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see. The I mountain see. that right. Sure. Yeah. Damn is that show like I don't know is that show sticking in people's brains or is I feel like it's already so far
1: away I don't know I think people are like getting reheated about it with all the House of the Dragon trailers and stuff true we'll see And I'm, now, I'm excited no, for that show this this Arya Stark character
0: will carry the franchise in, through multiverses for at least another decade
1: yeah I mean Arya is the, if, the, if anyone's gonna do it it's Arya Stark the people have already forgotten all about Bran let's see a fuck up Velma let's see <laughs>
0: I have no intention of letting someone else be the vector.
1: That's not unique to Velma at all. If you yeah, do, what? I'll be in the library. Okay, thanks, it's time for nerd. time to
0: play the game of faces. <laughs> I don't care who I'm fighting. Yeah, not all these are as unique as you'd like them to be. I would love to hear her be like, it's morbid time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or or it's no longer morbid time. A girl, when she killed, a girl is finished with morbid time. <laughs> uh, every hurt is a lesson. Every lesson makes you better. A fantastic quote from Mario Stark. Incredible. A th- it's
1: a thing that she said, or has it, or that's like been said to her.
0: You know. And that she and that was Arya Stark on Game Boys, folks. Welcome back to the show. What's going on is another week. It's another another drop in the bucket in our fight against uh,
1: global evil hegemonies. It's true. That's what we fight every week here on the podcast. We get ourselves up on on uh, between Sunday and Tuesday, and we fight global hegemonies, mm-hmm. whether yeah. cultural or military.
0: Man, and you know what? It's usually cultural, I'll be
1: honest. Yeah, we haven't done a lot of fighting <laughs> military. Of militaries uh, lately. <laughs> that was sort of a season one thing. Been doing a lot of threads, a lot of
0: threads, but um, I wouldn't be able to call them military actions yet. Yeah, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to build up a following. Do you think that, like, uh, there could be a collection of uh, sort of veteran generals that kind of go off on Twitter they have a collective schizo post and that's that's like the next coup I mean I think that sounds would right it, would, it ha- would it happen on Twitter or or would it happen on like a Facebook group no there's like a lot of weird
1: army people on Twitter I was just reminded yeah, recently true. of the time that the Fort Bragg North Carolina Twitter account uh, right. did the horny post let's see that post Uh, Do we we introduce Haley? I
0: don't think we've even introduced ourselves yet. Uh, I'm Griffin. That's Lux. And we're joined by Fort Bragg, uh, leading and legally responsible commander, Haley. Yeah, our producer and uh, the person in charge of Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And the person who's who's on the hook, let's say that much. Um, Yeah. Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg Middle School, Fort Bragg High School. Oh, okay. The- Your boner's POV. I found it. Yep. There uh, it is. My, f- my, f- okay. So it's a woman sh- sh- kind of showing her boobs. Her boobs have been censored. And then it's kind of, and you're looking, like looking, looking up. up. up at, you're looking, yeah. You're looking up at her. She's looking down at you. And she says, Your boner's POV. So, Wait a
1: second. I guess that makes sense if you're both standing. Or like if you're laying down and she's sitting behind your boner. Because
0: I think a lot of a lot of hay has been made over the Fort Bragg reply, which we'll, which we'll get into. But I, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> we'll get, we'll get that. The, I'm trying to understand the original tweet here for a second. I think because it's like it, it's like if you guys are standing up just right face to face and then you both look down at each other's genitals but you're I mean based on this angle you're at least a foot away from each other so you're doing this a weird stance where you're both naked standing parallel to each other
1: see I think a foot even, and half away I think even more as you the the man's lying down and she's sitting but like on his knees
0: oh um, yeah, I guess, I guess, you know, it, most, most of your assumed realities involve you sitting down, not, not standing up for what's right.
1: Yeah. That's the thing <laughs> I'm always thinking of how I can lie down in the face of, of, uh, challenges as opposed to standing yeah, up for adversity. myself. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and, 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 and when you're faced with the task of fighting for someone that you don't even know. Yeah, I like to lie down. I love to lie down. Okay, let's move on. I don't want to be a stickler about that. You know, it was a post that had almost <coughs> a thousand likes. I almost was
1: right on the edge when it got immortalized.
0: <laughs> uh, then Fort Bragg replies... My faces, then my boat. This is the Fort Bragg Twitter account checkmark account. Yeah, it says my faces, then my boners, and then my faces again before I come up to give you a deep, long kiss. <laughs> he might, you know, he's talking about the POV. Okay, so he means my face POV, then my boner POV, then my face. I see.
1: He's he's a pro. He's doing a proflatio thing. Yeah, he's talking about cutellings. But also, it's important to remember it's Fort Bragg, the military base in <laughs> North Carolina, that is saying this. It's a yeah. collection of buildings, and you
0: should see the ones they were workshopping. Yeah. Those were way more sexually aggressive.
1: Yeah, the drafts are disgusting.
0: <laughs> yeah, they were bad, and that's what the workshop uh, chats are for.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, that's why we—that's why we
0: group chat. That's why we group chat, and whenever and whenever something gets out of the group chat, that's how it gets on the news, and that's why Ford Bragg has such a bad reputation.
1: It's true. Once you're in the um, group chat, you're done. So yeah, um,
0: I mean, I, I listen. I think the I think in my heart of heart, I, I want I want to believe that this was a from the top directive, um, to start replying more like this, but you know, you gotta imagine this is probably just. A guy who is has a multiple Twitters he's logged into like who manages the account and like thought he was replying on his personal oh right?
1: yeah yeah for sure I mean it's, it's like the uh it's like the infamous like time to go find my wife and get some PF Chang's tweet from the O Chargers football team account like famous yes just a guy who fucking <laughs> thought he was on his regular and then tweeted something weird and it turned out right. they tweeted it from an, a big account that people give a shit
0: about. I think the most upsetting thing about this tweet, though, is the, the apostrophe on faces.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's grammatically correct. Is that correct? <laughs> yeah. Because it's possessive. No. no, the apostrophe should be over the S. No, because he only has one face
0: oh no you're right oh it looks really bad it does look weird as shit for sure it like looks it, it's, this it's is weird why to there's, look at. this is why there's other superior languages because like when i was learning spanish like sometimes they would just break the rules because it looked like shit and yeah. that's like a judgment call that they made often
1: <laughs> yeah i mean sometimes you gotta say this is garbo <laughs> yeah yeah it's awful um yeah okay so what <sighs>
0: How did it come to be? Are, are we, you know, I don't know, we, we we seem to drift back and forth between a few different phases, right? Um, it seems like the most pathetic people online have sort of uh, no more than like one to two uh, uh, moves or abilities at, at one time, and they can like spec into new ones. Like sometimes they think that it's cool to eat ass, but then oftentimes we'll go back to the rotation of like, insisting that you go down on on women a lot um and what rotation do you think we're in right now
1: um I mean right now we're in like a weirdly puritanical state of online discourse i feel like there's not a lot of discussion of any kind of oral sex really yeah that's like fortunately I,
0: I do see some of it but i think i have just I just know some exceptionally weird people that are just always on that tip, Um, and it's a pathetic life. Uh, But I think the last um, major
1: weird horny post I saw was that guy who posted about wanting to fuck Nancy Pelosi. Oh, what's that one? The boobs one? Yeah,
0: the boobs one. Yeah, that's what she... That's what she bought them for. That's why. She, that's why. Listen. That's why she needed the chips deal. Okay. If we don't get the super chips, we're not gonna get the super boobs. You could have gone tits. And I'm but stunned. It, it felt. It felt. It felt wrong though. You know, I was like, you know what, super boobs. That's okay. Super tits. That's crossing the sexist line. That's a little blow. It. It, it would have basically rhymed. And you were right? That's actually what have got me out of it you can say a lot of worse things than you'd expect if it rhymes it's that's true what, uh, char- people are just charmed by rhyming that's how Shell silverstein got away with it yeah he was he started he started the red pill movement he he was like uh, where the where the sidewalk ends um that's that's also where where w- women can stop traveling because they're not allowed in cars <laughs> that was his red pill statement classic poem that we all love to yeah. think about anyways it, go check those books out they're being removed
1: <laughs> yeah they're, they're all just doesn't want you to know where this where the sidewalk ends
0: so uh wow what a crazy episode uh last week hunter honestly was psycho
1: um yeah hunter came with- <laughs> hunter came and really turned everything inside out Hunter came and he brought that aggressive, sort of high-energy Hunter stuff. Uh, uh, he, he,
0: had, he was busy. He, you couldn't tell, but you could hear it. His, was, his face was covered in blood. We didn't yeah. wouldn't tell us what kind of blood, and I didn't want to know. Um, but yeah, who do you think is worse, Hunter or Nathan Fielder?
1: Hmm. Nathan Fielder does have the arrogant gaze of the look, according to the New Yorker's Richard Brody. Um, Wait, what? (laughs) um, Richard Brody wrote like a really stupid review of Nathan of the rehearsal that talks about his arrogant um, gaze. The cruel and arrogant
0: gaze of Nathan Fielder's The Rehearsal.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Richard Brody went off. this
0: This is a banger
1: it is it fucking it rules it's so good because like part of the bit of the show is that Nathan the guy who you see on screen talking to people and Nathan the guy who's like making the experiments are both characters being played by Nathan the actual guy um and Richard Brody like doesn't seem to understand that
0: (laughs) right the show the the like all the people who are worried that the show is tricking people too hard are also being tricked which is pretty funny um, yeah, I don't know. It's been exhausting on both sides. I've seen it from like the, the scold side. I've seen it also from like the, the side of like, you know, like some of us, we worked for adult swim and, you know, even Tim and Eric, it was morally on the line for us. And we all have to think about that. And, you know, it's a tough decision. I don't know. It just seems like people in general are having a hard time talking or show like just be like experience they don't people don't experience other people as much anymore i guess so like when you see a weird guy on tv it's like incredibly striking and it seems like people feel like these guys are too weird that they shouldn't be seen like they they don't almost don't deserve to have like to be let outside and there's this (laughs) idea that
1: like it's like manipulative and bad but it's like of like of course it is like so is like a lot of other shit like This is in no way, like, more manipulative than, like, tricking some, like, impoverished mom into being on Teen Mom and, like, raking in a bajillion dollars while they, like, don't make any money.
0: You're perfectly fine with people fucking bringing you your Chipotle for, like, slave wages, but you're worried about the morality of, like, people... That are weird and unusual, getting paid to be on an HBO. It's like I, it's just so insane to me, and it's it's just like I think that people just don't experience other people anymore.
1: Well, I think part of it's that, and I think part of it's like there's this thing where there's like this impetus to find anything that doesn't like isn't like just totally like uncomplicated and fun as like the, like two is like mean or challenging or like bad in some way. And like the rehearsal is great because partly because it's like that sort of shit. Like everyone, everyone has these like experiences of like playing this shit out in their heads. Like we're all that psycho all the time. That's just like what being a person is. But like this show just like puts it on display and like, None of these people are like being tricked. Like they're being told they're going to be on the right. show and they're getting paid money to do it. like the exact nature of what show they're on. I don't know how how known or not known that is by the performers, but like you know, they're still they're the ones doing this shit. Like he's not That's it's, the thing yeah, is like It's not even it's,
0: it's not even hitting like hitting camera is one thing and it's not even hitting camera. Like No,
1: he's like, hey, <laughs> I wanna rehearse your life with you a hundred times in this warehouse I built. And then someone goes, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Like, do you want to, do you want
0: to go back to whatever horrible job you have either in a cubicle or selling crystals on Etsy or whatever, or do you want to make some money and probably have one of the most memorable experiences of your life?
1: Yeah. And also just like, I don't know, this like manipulation thing is weird because it's like it it it's unclear what's manipulative about it. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it really feels like not grasping at straws, but like defining manipulation as like any kind of like persuasion or tricking people. I do not even tricking people, like any kind of like persuasion or like convincing anyone. And that seems like an extremely like uh disabling way to think about the world in the sense of like anytime anyone convinces you of anything, it's because they've manipulated you and you've been deceived and not like you're responsible for making a choice.
0: Right. That like people are, uh, it seems like
1: this is, this is a part that
0: I think you're zeroing in on is like, it's almost like removing more and more people's agency or like creating more and more categories of people, that don't have agency that are just adult children um and that's it's it's all it comes from a very looking down on people kind of perspective that's that's odd to me and and sort of like striking so um i'm a good person and you're a great person you're good we're so good we're great we're incredible people aren't we
1: yep we're great we're great everyone else sucks (laughs) Well, I'm looking especially, up at these guys, especially Nathan Fielder. Um fuck. <laughs> um but yeah, the Nathan Fielder shit's crazy. Another crazy media thing from this week was the 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 fucking She-Hulk CGI conversation. Okay, I'm turning around on the She-Hulk. In what way? I'm all in. Well, I think I, it's going to be I- I think it's gonna be good. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in the show. I think there's a lot of people involved. There was this very funny interview like at TCA where the character was talking about the CGI, and like makes the point that we're over-examining the CGI because it's like a lady. And I think for some people, the complaint is like, why isn't she hotter or whatever? But I mm-hmm. don't think that's the real complaint here. <laughs> like the real complaint I think is she, like she's why muscly. is muscly. Yeah, and the real complaint is like, why is the CGI just look so bad? And it feels kind of bullshit for these Marvel people to be like Oh, everyone's just being sexist and saying the CGI looks bad. And it's like, no, because we were complaining about that with Moon Knight and other stuff. And there's like a VFX crisis. And it's just like this very weird deflection. Although they, they you know, they also paid some lip service to like, we shouldn't crunch our CGI people. But like, it was such a strange deflection to read. <laughs> This is going to be the one of the worst
0: discourses because it's going to be an incredible show. Maybe one of the best shows Marvel's ever done, but it's going to get mired in all these things that have nothing to fucking do with the show. I mean, the CGI questions, certainly part of a bigger thing or whatever. Um, Yeah. Like, I guess some people are like mad about women that are strong and muscular. People hate that
1: shit, which is crazy.
0: And so it's going to get all distracted and all of that. Um, and, And so, yeah, I don't know. Um to me it looks it looks fun. I like that it's about a lawyer. I like that it's it like it's very existence seems to insist that it's just going to be it's adventure and not set 10 other things
1: up. Like it's like oh no, this is like the lawyer adventure. Like oh yeah. okay. At best, it feels like it's setting up the sort of one thing that's fun about Marvel Comics is that they start to like interact with like both higher and lower stake stories. like there are like lawyer stories, like weird detective stuff, or even like the damage control comics about like the people who cleaned after superheroes and whatnot. Um, and that shit's all really fun. And at most what this is gonna do is like bring us into that part of the Marvel verse. Like, if they want this to expand to other stuff, it'll be only expanding into that kind of stuff. And that's so nice that it's not going to be like, hey, uh, She-Hulk sued Thanos and got all the Infinity Stones, (laughs) you know, and was like, going wild. Yeah, she got half, her client got the other half. Um, Her client, uh, Kang the Conqueror. (laughs) oh um, yeah all, all that stuff is a snooze um yeah, but and yeah, all that'll so, be off to the side which is like so which is gonna be so nice It'll just be a nice break
0: <clears throat> yeah i don't know i i didn't expect to care about this show but i'm caring about it for i guess reasons other people are i don't know uh, didn't the didn't they come out and say like the actual star and director say that like there's a cgi
1: problem yeah no they cocked that to the tca thing too it was weird it was like there was, like, this discussion of sexism stuff that, like, was a deflection, but then it came back to it, and they were actually pretty okay on it. I just don't want that to become the new thing, though. Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it already is a thing, but, like, this way that, like, uh people love to be like, this thing has good representation, so if you criticize its labor practices, you're bad. I just don't understand. Okay. One thing is... <sighs>
0: when she goes Hulk mode she just looks like a green lady like she doesn't look big
1: enough almost right yeah I'd say she should be bigger she looks like 9 feet tall or whatever
0: yeah she should, she should be way bigger huge jacked she should be a lady like Dimitrescu type yeah but like but also I feel like jacked or I don't know like oh yeah no she should is, be mega jacked she... <laughs> yeah uh so I don't know. Um I, I'm still excited for it. I don't know. I, I tried watching fucking Sandman this weekend and it was just so poorly made. I don't know, I, man. I I've, I enjoy I, I know you like it,
1: but like the pacing of it, well, that's the my execution. One, it's my just one all, beef. It's a mess. Is, I think I think a lot of it actually works pretty okay, but my biggest beef is like every single episode feels like like eight minutes long, too long at least. Like but I also
0: felt the opposite about the pilot, where it's like, I'm 20 minutes in, and it's like, too many things are happening. Earn my viewership with a few characters. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, it's, the- um, things are happening a mile a minute, and I didn't care about any of it.
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's like, I mean, that's the same way it is in the comic, too. Like, that part, that part of the story that is the pilot is, like, all kind of prologue to just put, like, him on his path to doing the things that he's doing. That is the rest of the story. Yeah. So like that didn't really yeah. bother me in the pilot. Um, I mean, it, it feels like the comic that way. Like that's like the Neil Gaiman thing, and I'm glad that they like tried to do it. Although I'll say to, to, with mixed results. <laughs> but one thing that the those books like to do a lot is like plunk you into the middle of stuff and just sort of be like, here's what's going on, um, and not like be like it's this guy whose deal is this or whatever, um. And like so and like a good example, of that's like the fourth episode, like death shows up, but they like don't say who she is for like the entire first conversation or like what their relation is, which is clear. There is one and stuff like that, like super works for me in the show. I mean, it's the sixth episode, actually. Um But like stuff like that or some of the weirdest side episodes. But there are also parts where it is like extremely draggy and some parts where like. I appreciate them doing kind of more ambitious CGI stuff and some of it works, but you can very much see where they had to cut corners to afford it, which is like one of my favorite CGI things is like, Oh, we made this weird unfolding library space, but all of the little people in it look like fucking two, 240 pixel character renders from a PlayStation game. Um, Who are just like pep- probably the sides. Like that shit is very silly, but no, I think it like, I don't know for me, it gets a lot of the core stuff. It does miss out on like the sort of like moral question of the, sh- it gets more towards it later, but like it is a lot of the moral questions of the comics, but it does at least like play this game of like dream is kind of an annoying emo theater kid. And like, they do a good job like putting him in those positions and having him play out those scenes from the, you know, from the comics and stuff. Well, I'll have to I
0: guess keep watching, even though I'm enjoying literally nothing about it. <laughs>
1: well, I mean, you know, I, I'll enjoy it for both of us. I usually find I'm just fucking so happy that it's a Netflix show where like episodes have clear arcs like end in each episode. Mm-hmm. That's like so antithetical to the Netflix formula, which like I like if nothing else like that is just a relief. Um, yeah, it's also great that uh, the Sandman
0: is being played by Dave Chappelle
1: there yes. we go well, a that, little netflix joke for you yeah dave Chappelle and uh, ricky gervais as uh his his friendly what? raven <laughs> what's this yeah. what's all this Dude, what's all this dad isn't this some kind of dreaming isn't it
0: <laughs> i watched his late I, I watched his most recent special it was so awesome it was just like it was there was like i can't even it feels like i'm making it up but he was just like Oh, we hate fat people, don't we? Oh, a great big fat person. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Like, it
1: was awesome. It was like, it seemed fake. But it, it like was real. One of the funniest things about this whole discourse is ever is people are like, You gotta give the free speech warriors or Dave Chappelle's and Ricky Duvet yes. some credit for coming out and saying right. it. And Dave yeah. Chappelle shit like isn't funny and it's just like a weird lecture about how he hates like and everyone. And then Yeah, the, the Dave ones suck because Dave isn't like doing as many jokes
0: as he used to. So it's like I I can't even defend these just like weird old man like rants because it's like it's not even that funny. So it's exhausting to like yeah, defend just- it. Him
1: going up on stage and just being like, "I hate trans people. I hate gay people. There's a hundred reasons why I'm rambling around." Yeah,
0: and I actually, I mean, I've seen a few of them. I disagree with that characterization. I think there's some transphobic stuff in it. I don't think it's entirely transphobic. I think both sides are definitely getting it wrong. Um, There's other stuff in there, but they're just so boring and like they're boring. That's the greatest crime. Is like it's like he's 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 kind of he's resting on the on his career. And rather than like challenging himself, uh, yeah, and it's like well, and it's like, dude, then, like that's a that's what a
1: podcast is for, man. <laughs> yeah, and then th- it's like it's and that's the other thing, right? It's like all the transphobic, homophobic stuff, like it's bad in a vacuum, but also that like they aren't even like jokes. <laughs> but so the- so what's funny is it's like
0: both but but both sides are hilarious because the free speech guys are like defending it, but then the other side is getting like so upset about these two people who are just like shitting on the toilet you know it's yeah. like yeah neither of them
1: are like leading a in a, a movement they're they're retarded <laughs> well, the, fu- the fucked up part is that so many people do like who yeah. like do valorize the Chappelle and richard does that way like because you have to sort of like imagine that they're like important truth tellers who matter if you're going to like put up with like how fucking boring <laughs> all the shit they're putting out it's you know what i mean like you mm-hmm. have to imbue that with some kind of higher meaning because, like, how else are you just going to sit there while Ricky Gervais just sort of like mumbles about nothing, or like Dave Chappelle yeah. like takes ten minutes between jokes, like, right? You, it's like you, they have to get off on like the
0: anti on the on the one bit that's anti-trans or whatever, yeah. and then and like, like, like for the rest of it, they're just like coming their pants, just thinking about that one moment, and
1: like, <laughs> and like they have to like treat it all as like gospel shit. It's
0: true, yeah. Which is, is true. like, like I remember up. like. I remember I've seen a few times where Tucker's like, "Yeah, my uh, favorite comedian is Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is funny. He's always been funny. Yeah, he's my favorite comedian. Like, it's just like, okay, <laughs> like that stuff. That all of it's cringe, right? Like, it's yeah. just like, oh man, like it feel It all feels so far away from from comedy. Um, you know,
1: I don't know. Yeah, it just seems." No. Well, it definitely does feel like it's less about, like, writing a joke and getting laughs and more about, like, getting their weird scudge audience to, like, agree with them and say that they're good, which is then frustrating because, like, it's just boring and not fun. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's just like. It's like, like- inverse SNL shit where, like, SNL is like. And we love that Liz Warren clapped back folks. And everyone's like, yes. And then it's like Dave Chappelle, you know, getting up and just being like, what's up with trans people. And everyone's like, yes. And it's the same sort of like, we agree. And you said the thing that we love. And then even when he's not saying, making transphobic homophobic jokes, it's just him being like mumbling about the state of things and cancel culture right. and speech stuff. And it's all yeah. Being like, yeah, the, you're saying what we're all thinking, baby. And it's, most like, of it's, it's just, just him as talking as about silly.
0: like what a legend he is. It's like yeah, what oh most my god, so the much of it are. is that I, yeah,
1: so much of and, it is just him being like, I'm the best, and like yeah. all
0: this new shit sucks. Yeah. I, the, the, my fun, the funniest one, and the one that like to me was the most offensive thing he's ever said was that he should be credited as the creator of Key and Peel. Yeah, that I was think, amazing. I think
1: that's worse than any of the traits. Like, that's like that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's less like it's less like tied into like the current like animus of the moment, but it is like way more insane in a lot of ways. Like, it's totally the fact that he, insane. The fact that he was like everyone was happy about Key and Peele, but no one talked about how I kind of invented that hurt my feelings is like, the fuck do you mean like in living color existed before your fucking show, dude? Like, what are you talking about?
0: I'm just so confused on what he could have meant by that.
1: Like, yeah, it's It's like he invented, like, black people being sassy in comedy. And that's that's the ultimate thing is, like, I, I guess that, like, back in,
0: like, the 80s, comedians were supposed to have, like, egos like that, I guess. But, like, it just seems so weird now to do to live any amount of your life as a comedian and, and like end up coming away with any amount of self-respect for yourself like it just doesn't happen anymore <laughs> yeah like maybe like in the 80s when you're like hey I want to be a stand-up and then you all of a sudden you get paid like $200 a night on your first show and then you just do that maybe then you have an ego but it just everything about this life is incredibly pathetic
1: um so yeah I don't know pretty weird um should we take a commercial break then come back and talk about video games oh sure um okay let's
0: talk video games holy moly um so i got two things uh right off the top here but you also been playing something you've been you've been sort of our our premier new game consultant for the week i've been new gaming i've been new game plus baby New already? Jesus. No, um, I just mean I've been playing new games. Oh, okay. Confusing. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, you, know. Y- you know what? Maybe don't say that next time. <laughs> Not my best work, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, you've been playing Digimon Survive, a game that I want to hear more about because I've
1: been seeing some bad reviews online. So, here's the thing with Digimon Survive that I'll tell you. <laughs> when they say a visual novel flash tactics game, they really should capitalize visual novel and lowercase tactics game. <laughs> um, I'm still the, enjoying the tactics it. Happens like I'm having a lot, I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Um, but it really, there's so much talking and story stuff between every encounter and every fight. And like, if you're not, if you don't have the patience for that and you don't want to like, Uh, do the free battles and like there's just not enough it's it's hard it's not a lot of action it's really easy to zone out on that game and
0: sometimes reading can be a little too tactical a little too you know intense sometimes you want to get back to the battles just because the war of words
1: is so overwhelming yeah it does take a toll and like I do like it, and I like that you can do the free battles to like recruit other Digimon, and there's like a fun little story happening. Um, but it just feels pretty slow, and sometimes, like the the biggest problem is just like the story is, at least as far as I am, is like so it'll be like, it'll be very like a Netflix TV show in this way of like, all right, search all these areas, and you search them, and they're like, hmm, well, it turns out we got to search these areas again. And then you go like, do this and like, there's not, it, it gives you a lot of repetitive beats over the course of a single like arc or story. And so the story has all these necessary beats. So each segment in between fights takes forever and all of the practice battles like ambush battles are super easy. So the only really challenging battles are the big story battles. and Even those aren't that hard. And so you have to go through like tons of story to get to the battles that are like not super difficult. So it was like fun if you want to play in the Pokemon or in the Digimon world and like hang out with your favorite Digimon and like unlock stuff. And I like that. And it is fun. But it's definitely not as like, oh, everyone should play this. It's like it's like Mario Rabbids or something. We're like, holy moly, unexpected tactics, uh, destroyer. Yeah, no,
0: it's Mario Rabbids beats the shit out of this game. Honestly, and the biggest thing to me about this game is like it's sixty dollars, and it looks it looks like a twenty dollar game. Like I'll be real, like it looks like like the visual novel stuff. That's so cheap to make. It seems like the all the money probably just went to licensing fees. Like
1: it's just really bottom yeah. of the barrel. It doesn't look great. It's it's got some decent depth to it, so it's pretty fun. Um, and I'll, I'll probably play it for a while. Like I'll probably get. I, I paid fifty dollars for it. It was like on a little sale when I got it or whatever. But right. like, um.
0: But probably, just compare that $60 to what you get out of another $60, like, console game. Like, oh man, like, I don't know. I'm yeah, playing no, God I of mean, War again right now,
1: and it's like, that That was $60. That was a big game. I think I'll get $50 worth of time out of it, but I think the thing is, and this is, I think, true, is that I think it's an easy game to burn out on, so it would be very easy to not get your $50 worth out of it. Like, yeah. I think that I will just because I I like this kind of game like I like these sort of slow whatever's I'll put on a little podcast I'll read along whatever zone out and do my thing um but I think that it's not nearly as for everyone as it sort of felt like it was going to be Mm -hmm. um and so anyone who buys it think it is like a for everyone game and spends those 50 60 dollars is just gonna like not get their money's worth because unless like you really play it and go all the way through it and like really engage with it you're not gonna get you know, it's not gonna be worth it. Cause it does look, it does look kind of rough. Like it's a fun, I like the art style. It's like a good, stylish flashy kind of version of Digimon, but like it is still a lot of like still images and like hanging backgrounds. Like it's not a crazy visual. Like it's a good visual novel. It's not like a crazy, Game graphically or anything,
0: yeah. I just like in this world where like I can play something as like advanced and as like polished and modern as like Fortnite for free. And I know I'm using that as like a silly example, very different game, but it's just harder and harder for someone to put out a product like this at $60. I I just, I just don't, I just can't keep up. I just, I think that's, I think that's fair. Um, so yeah that's that um but i did bring up that i've been replaying god of war yeah you did um now of course we know god of war ragnarok is coming out the sequel it's coming out november this week well let's see uh god of war ragnarok real estate it's coming out on november 9th 2022 nice um so yeah uh i've been replaying this now the first time i played it was of course when it came out in like 2018 i believe Mm -hmm. um and you know i played that in like 1080p on the ps4 i'm playing this in 4k 60 frames per second on the big oled tv and it is a incredible experience um Visually stunning. And um, I gotta say, like, the second playthrough is very rewarding. Um, There's a lot of fun story stuff that I I start to really appreciate more. Um, I remember my biggest complaint coming away from the game was that there wasn't enough set piece moments. And, you know, there was like a few along the way that I forgot about. Um, Overall, I'm really enjoying this game, Uh, I'm enjoying seeing it in 4K. And I'm reappreciating, I think, how good the story actually was. I think sometimes, like, it gets so memed that you just think it's just like kind of a really basic story. But I thought it had a lot of interesting. It moves in interesting ways, especially as Atreus discovers he's a god and starts to like go down kind of like a bad or evil
1: path with it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, it's it's really fun to watch. I mean, I haven't. I've done a little bit of a second playthrough, I haven't gotten too deep into it, but I imagine watching his arc from the perspective of, like, I mean, you kind of know what his arc's going to be, just it's a little bit predictable in the first playthrough, but, like, watching him Loki out, knowing he's going to Loki out, is cool.
0: Yeah, and I don't know, I just, after spending time with modern games over the last couple of years, and, like, coming back to it, I was like, you know what, this, this is really one of the one of the great modern works like there's a lot there there's a lot there in terms of the story in terms of the voice acting and performance that really is just kind of does still very few other games have, have like held a candle to it but then it also has some really good mechanics uh i'm yeah really satisfied with the mechanics it was actually kind of striking because i forgot that you couldn't jump really in the game um, which like felt kind of constrictive at first. Um, but then as you start to build out your talent points, add new ways to throw your ax and kind of combining all your abilities together, you start doing like three, four, five abilities within like two or three seconds and like chaining them together in different ways that just feel like intuitive. Um
1: Yeah, it's, it's really nice. It feels really good. Yeah. It's I think it really stands out as sort of one of if not one of if not the number one like PS4 game.
0: Yeah. And it really um, does.
1: It really like everything about it all well. I mean, that's why we were also excited about it as a PS5 exclusive.
0: Um, right. When that's that why was you're so disappointed. Yeah. Yeah.
1: When it was initially announced because like they were so inventive and cool with the mechanics that programming those four. I mean, they're still programming those four the haptic feedback and the triggers, but probably not as in-depth as they would have if it weren't exclusive. Like, that's the thing that's lost there, and that's kind of a bummer, because, like, there is so much, like, throwing the axe around, whipping out the chains, zipping around, like, mixing up combos, busting out the bow, all that stuff, is so fucking cool and fun, and so having that in the PS- with the PS5 would be really cool, and maybe it will, who can say, but it's a bummer that, or, but it's like, I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's still, like, resonant, and still right. works compared to modern games that, it's, yeah, and that it it's, holds up.
0: It's, it does. That's what I was going to say. I was like, is this experience? like Because basically I watched the trailer again to the new one. It doesn't seem like they've gone leaps and bounds away in terms of adding new visions to this to the scale of it. It does seem like very similar, um, which would be great still. And it made me like not less worried about that because I was like, well, you know, this game is still better than. Um, most stuff that's coming out it's still leagues ahead it's there's still so much quality there um so yeah i got i got very excited about that i'm gonna i think i'm gonna really really kind of like fully do this playthrough i think i'm gonna like try to get most of the other quests on and, and juice a lot of this second playthrough because it's you know it's been long enough now.
1: This guy's looking to go platy baby. Maybe
0: not plat. We'll have to see. Because sometimes travel can be a little cumbersome. Um it's just revisiting areas sometimes can take a little too long to, to like travel. Um but yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. The other thing that I wanted to talk about today is raft.
1: Yeah, tell me about it. I haven't gotten to play with you yet, but I have been intrigued. Tell me about Raft. Yeah, let's find some time to play
0: soon. Um, I am almost done with my single player playthrough, and I am just blown away at this game. Uh, This is an incredible and very special game. Maybe the greatest survival game made yet for a few reasons. Um, It's definitively, I think, the most approachable, of the survival games, like it has a depth to it and a challenge and a difficulty to it, but everything is just more intuitive and more rewarding and simple and apparent to a noob. Like, oh, I have glass and sand. I can turn that into something. I have wood and metal. I can turn that into something. all makes a lot of sense. Um, but then like this, this sort of story that they've wrapped into the survival game, I think is just blows all the other survival games that I've played out of the water. Um, literally, it's you go like from island to island on this quest about this world um and it's this big mystery um as you understand that you're not just on an ocean you are on what remains of like this planet that there was like hell a, yeah. there was a great like sinking of the planet um And what remains of society are these rafters and people who live, um, on the water. Um, so it's got a very like traditional, like water world style setup, but you follow the mystery of these characters that you're kind of like following, like, and you're kind of always just missing them. You're like a few steps behind. Um, and each level or each like level gives you the code to the next radio signal, which will take you to the next location. Um, and you know you get that in a lot of other survival games. You'll like get codes or signals that take you to new areas, and that area may be like less procedurally generated. It might have like more of like a like a classic you know strict level design to it. Like you've seen that in other games, but Raft like tells kind of a full story on each island. Um and adds like a brand new mechanic and challenge to like every island too. And for like a game that like I thought was gonna be so basic and simple, they're like
1: constantly surprising you with a new yes, thing. That's that's what I was gonna say. Is like my impression of this game for we talked about it before, we thought about maybe playing it and we were looking into it, was it was gonna be this very like you raft from one place, you raft the next place, and like maybe you get some cool bonuses and stuff, but you're basically just rafting around, and it's pretty straightforward. And it sounds like it has a lot more depth than than people expected. It has a lot more depth in terms of the campaign,
0: even though it's very linear, um, because there is like a, a fun, engaging kind of mystery you're slowly engaging. But then it, it has depth in its level design, because the places you start to discover are I, I, I won't spoil any of them, but like each one kind of like as you approach it, you're like, yo what like it is a game full of surprises narratively um and it's very exciting to approach one of these locations because sometimes you know it's something that takes you really high up or sometimes you might be going underwater for part of it like they are always throwing new stuff at you building out this world and this mystery um so it's just it's super solid on that level um but then you know aside from all that they also just have this incredible boat building thing and the boat building continues to feel meaningful in the late game which That's is cool which is huge and i knew that you would pop for that because essentially what happens in a lot of survival games is the first 10 to 15 hours are your like brutal, most brutal survival and then you eventually have built the majority of the resource like sustaining things to get you onto like a base platform. You might go out into the open world for some rare items, but most of the core sustainable things that you can build and do you've like accomplished in like the first 10 to 15 hours. Right.
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, that's basically the arc of both of those games.
0: Yeah. And I would still say that like, you can definitely get on your feet and sustainable and on a really nice kind of platform after a couple hours, but there continues to be things in Raft late game that like you are, like that are you're aspiring to get to that you're like oh man I cannot wait to get that thing because that will make this part of my Raft so much more efficient, um, and I feel like other games kind of like you lose that in the late game.
1: Um, you're <laughs> well, like basi- I mean like it's it's because I think part of that at least in this one I understand is that like part of this is like those new things enable you to do stuff or enable you to deal with certain obstacles in different ways. Whereas in a lot of survival games, like the thing, your main goal is just to survive. So there's not like this broader, like advancement process where you need like new tools to move new places. And rather it's like just being better at survival, making survival easier. And yeah. so the stakes get sucked out of it a little bit in a way that Rat seems to like have sort of a, like for a part in the pump, like have like a bit of a flow to it and like yeah. a directionality. Yeah. So it's
0: it's super fun because like I, I don't know. I, I the 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 big wins in survival games are going from like having a shitty plastic cup that you're sipping water out of to like having like an elegant pitcher that like constantly like refills and is electrified. Like, you know, um those are like the big wins in the game. And like you get those wins like in the early hours of Raft, but you also get those wins super late in the game. Like, yeah, that, that's great. Like, I just discovered that you can build, a, like, I've, I've been having to literally, like, hand pull water out of the ocean and, like, put it into a purifier, burn it, and then to be able to, like, drink, like, fresh water. Um, but I just built this thing that literally, like, sucks the ocean water out of the ocean on its own and then, like puts it through tubes that I wired to, like, a water tank that suddenly starts storing a big amount of water. And all I have to do is keep that charged with batteries. So then I'm just walking up to it, and I'm just refilling my water jug. After 35 hours of doing it by hand, like, those are, like, big Ws.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Like uh, making quality well. of life a thing that you can... Like win that way, like earn and construct that way is such a fun way to build a game as long as it's not like too overwhelming.
0: Yeah, Uh, here's my big advice to people who are considering playing it. Well, it is still the survival uh, survival summer sale on Steam, so I think it's like five or six bucks off right now. I think it's around seventeen dollars. It's well worth it. It's a very big experience, Um, even if you want to just play it on your own. My big two suggestions are uh, turn the difficulty down to easy. Now I never play games on easy, but this game is actually just super poorly balanced um, in terms of its difficulty settings. If you play it on normal, you're gonna spend like 90% of your time just making sure that you're not literally dying of thirst. It's gonna be like really exhausting and I can tell that a lot of people probably fall off in that first hour or two because it's just poorly balanced. It's like the hard difficulty is the normal difficulty. Go to easy. You won't regret it. Uh, the other thing is, do not go to islands. Um, the game is very confusing because it's like when you're like weak and early on, you keep floating by these islands. And you're like, oh, well, surely I should go and grab the rare items off the islands. It's going to make me stronger. That's completely wrong. No, the majority of your early hours should be spent on the ocean, gathering resources because the majority of the stuff on the islands, you can't even really do until you've built up your raft more.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. And play with a friend. Yeah. Got to play with friends. That sounds so like, I'm excited that games. It sounds so fucking fun. I mean, I, I know we're going to talk the next week, but like the lamb of God or whatever that cult game is. Oh, cult, cult of, of the lamb. lamb. Yeah. So yeah, that like, keep, keep your Yeah, that's, ex- that's exciting to me too. I just like, I love these games that like, put enough stink onto a pre-made formula to like feel different and exciting. Cause it does feel like even really good games that have come out lately. Do feel like rehashing old stuff? And so these things are kind of putting new fresh wrinkles. I mean, like obviously like, you know, cult of the lamb is just like dungeon keeper for the 2020s or whatever, but like that's still a little bit more exciting and more interesting than just like another fucking, you know, animal crossing or whatever.
0: Yeah. I think like, uh, I don't. I. I. I think this about most art is that something. As I've, I used to care a lot more about uniqueness or something like that. But as I've realized more and more as I've gotten older, and seen stuff that I've then seen previously, is that I don't know. A lot of it is just the same stuff, and it's more about how you execute it um, than like it particularly being a unique and original thought of yours that's like almost impossible
1: yeah totally and i mean like 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 i said like i think uh fucking the lamp the called the lamb is gonna be a lot like dungeon keeper in a lot of ways and a lot like you know evil like evil genius and stuff but like that's fine because it has enough of a flavor difference and it has enough of a style difference and there's new tech that like it's going to be distinct and it's going to be distinct from like Like, I mean, we live in this, you know, this is what society is now. It's like one thing is successful and a million clones of it emerge instantly. Um, So anytime something doesn't feel like a like a clone right away and just has some kind of its own sauce, it's always very exciting. Yeah. Are you rubbing your mic around? Uh, My mic just my mic slipped off (laughs) of the little thing was on. I caught it. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Playing a hot potato
1: with it yeah me and all the other people in this
0: room that i'm in are playing hot potato with this microphone they're being really polite and they have not said anything they're they're Uh, very quiet yeah the art looks really great in cult of the lamb um i'm excited to uh play that and talk to you guys more about that next week um my last sort of parting thought on sort of i guess the survival genre is that like Raft does so many things better for more mainstream and wider audiences. There's a few things it still fucks up on, like the normal difficulty being too hard. Uh, that's a big one, actually. That's like a big fatal flaw. Um, but, you know... It still has it still shows there's so much more that can be done in the genre than just be an experience for hardcore players than just being a niche experience. Like so much of the genre has so much to offer and that I think that we've always assumed should be hardcore by its very nature. But I think we've seen more and more that that's actually just limited the people who can play the stuff more than it's added to the art I, I think that's an argument on a case-by-case basis but I, I well i mean, think all
1: the best work like all the best video game work i think sort of does both you know what i mean like mm-hmm. like creates a space for someone who's not a super hardcore um uh like a super hardcore game or super focused on it but it has space for someone who's not that intense to like have fun and play in it as well so that everyone can get involved, and the best games are able to create experiences that fit both those categories. They're not always the best games, but, like, especially, like, survival games, like, that's, like, one of the marks of a very good one. Um, Like, even Elden Ring, right, like, actually had pretty good results, even with people who were not hard body gamers because it, like, opened up a lot of ways to engage with it. They made it a lot easier. Right. And more deal-withable, and I think that, like, that's... That's something that's gotta be that, that's gotta be the main uh the main thing right now with these games. Or like, not gotta be the main thing, but like is kind of the main parameter of like how they can expand these games outwards. They don't just become like niche and like we're doubling down on the same mechanics every time. And that's why I you know I've said it on this show before, but I think
0: that, that fucking blizzard survival game that they've been working on is gonna just blow this thing out of the water. Like I think yeah. that they have been building exactly what we're describing. Um, they're doing what Blizzard has always done: copy all the parts of successful games and then make something even better. They're sort of the Kanye West, yes. um, of uh, of video games. I think especially because they're, go- they're canceled. Yeah, exactly. Um, because uh, Pete Davidson is fucking their ex. Um, mm-hmm. who would but who, who would Blizzard's ex be? Um, Starcraft. Sure. Do they not own Starcraft anymore? They're not like really making anything for it. They're just not making anything for it, right? Uh, so, uh, I I think that's going to be really exciting because I think it's like they're just going to be like, oh yeah, this is a great genre. Here's like a very cute, uh, like co- cool art design. I don't think it'll just be for hardcore people. I think it'll be a mistake actually if they go the Diablo Four route with it. Um and they make something that's like blood and gutsy like I think that probably will be a huge mistake when they could make something like Overwatch but for like survival
1: yeah I mean that would be very interesting I mean I'm I'm excited to see what Blizzard does because as much as I hate them as a business they make pretty cool video game stuff on a pretty regular basis
0: yeah yeah, you gotta Uh, hand it to them you, you, you got to hand it to them. Their lawyers rats, are good. Rats off to, rats <laughs> off to them. Uh, so I think that's it for me this week. I had a few other things written down uh, like Ninja Masterclass, but I'm OK with pushing that to next week again.
1: Um, yeah, let's um, let's let's do that next week. when We talk about Cult of the Lamb. Um and we'll Lamb and Ninja Masterclass.
0: That's gonna be a real episode. This episode, it's gonna be a I real think, episode. This episode, let's be honest, folks. My energy was down. Like I'm on day probably eight or nine of not smoking cigarettes. All my endorphins are gone. Life is horrible. I'm at the I'm at the spot with the worst WiFis. We had more tech problems. It's a lot of things are going wrong right now um this is a classic filler a classic bridge episode uh, the, on the fan rewatch guides they'll tell you to skip it but there will be a vociferous debate in the comments about uh it being sort
1: of a crucial not to miss episode yeah so you know stay tuned for the future where people argue about this episode but until then we'll talk to you guys next week <laughs> uh what are they calling him? i'm ron DeSanta.
0: Oh ho 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 ho